But there are others who heard his word and didn't act on it. And the rains came, the floods came, the winds blew, the, uh, the, the house fell because it was built on the sand. And we want to be people who build our house, build our life on the solid foundation of obedience to Jesus Christ. In a difficult world where everybody faces storms, everybody faces difficulties, everybody faces the unexpected, everyone faces their calamities and trials and difficulties come upon Christian and non-Christian, everybody faces them sooner or later, everybody. And some people, they devastate them. And other people, they remain strong through the difficulties of life. Those of us who build our life, build our foundations upon obedience to Jesus Christ and all these commands that we've been seeing, hearing his words, and as we live in obedience to them, we develop a firm foundation that allows us to stand firm always. And so just a reminder of that as we move out off the Sermon on the Mount and move on to now, I want to jump ahead to chapter 9 of Matthew. And we see Jesus in verse 35. Jesus was going through all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. Seeing the people, he felt compassion. This word literally means he was moved within. He, it was an inner sense of of pain that he felt for these people. He felt compassion for them because they were distressed and downcast, dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. And he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. You know, in the days of Jesus, he saw the multitudes and he saw that their, their life was harassed. They were like a sheep that was harassed. We live in a world where there's evil. There are evil people. There are evil demonic spirits. There's a devil. And the devil harasses people. And he, and he harasses, and the world harasses people. And just, it knocks us down, and it, it, it pains people. It, it destroys people. And the ways of, of, of the devil, the ways of the world, they affect our health, they stress us out, they discourage us, they, they make our spirit heavy. Now you and I, we can, we're followers of Christ and we can experience some of these exact same symptoms, but imagine those who don't know Christ. Imagine those, for instance, in his day or in our day who are constantly living in the fear of death the fear of contracting some illness that's going to forever change their life and rob them of all their dreams. Imagine the, the, the pressure of just survival. Again, in our country, we have so many, we have, we have such a safety net and access to so many things. And yet, and, and as you travel around the world and you see how most of the world has lived and, you know, where like they prayed for that day's food because they didn't have a refrigerator filled with a week's worth of food or whatever. And so, but still in that day and still in our day, we haven't done away with the difficulties, hardships, and distresses of life. And Jesus felt compassion on the people because they were in what Paul called the domain of darkness. 
Jesus was preaching the kingdom of God. He was preaching a new life, a new way. He was offering hope to people. And yet most people in that day and still in our day are in the domain of darkness. Never forget this. Yeah, you and I have, we have our trials too. We have our difficulties. We have our hardships. We have our disappointments, all these things. But Jesus saw that the multitudes of the people were distressed, downcast, like sheep without a shepherd. It's really easy to be irritated with these people, to be impatient with them, to just say, get your life together, to look in, in our culture today, and some of the, you know, our culture is so divided, and, and so many people are angry, upset, um, complaining, protesting, uh, calling out for justice, calling out for these things. And so many of them don't have God. And they are hurting, and they're, in, and they're in great pain, and they're looking for answers in the wrong places. So many people, they realize there's a need, there's a problem in the world, and they wonder how to fix it. So many people are looking to the government to fix it, or to education to fix it, or money to fix it. And these all may play a role in their proper place. But the real answer is the kingdom of God. The real problem is people are alienated from God. The real problem, there's a rebellion afoot against God. The, the real problem is people have opted for the wrong leader They're of the world, and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one we read in 1 John chapter 5. And so they're, they're marching to the wrong drummer. They're following the wrong way. They're, they're following the Pied Piper who's leading them over the cliff, and they're realizing the hopelessness and the pain and the hurt and all these things of it. And they have ideals that, and things that think the world should be better, and it should. But the answer is not where many, so many are looking. The answer is in the kingdom of God. Well, what's the kingdom of God? It's where the king is. It's where Jesus, the king, is ruling. If he's your ruler, you're in the kingdom of God. If not, you're still in the domain of darkness. And so today, Jesus looked upon in that day and still in our day, he would look upon them and he would say, they're distressed, they're downcast, they're dispirited, they're like sheep without a shepherd. They're in the wrong kingdom. They're in the domain of darkness and they need to be transferred. There needs to be, he said, a great harvest. Brothers and sisters, Jesus offers what we're looking for. Jesus offers what everyone's looking for. The world and the devil, they offer a cheap substitute for real life. And so many people bought into it. And we know the kingdom of God because we know the king. And Jesus says of this, and when he sees the people, he says there's this great harvest. What's the harvest? The harvest is the people. The harvest is their souls. The harvest is to win them and bring them to Christ. He says there's a great harvest. Jesus is the answer. People coming to Jesus is the answer, and there's a great harvest to be harvested. But the workers are few. There were few in that day who would go out and announce and proclaim the good news. Can I tell you there's few in our day? There are few in our day that are out proclaiming the good news. We have adopted a strategy that says, come to us, join in with the Christian community for a while and get, see what it feels like. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not criticizing it unless that's our only strategy. 
because most people don't come into a church. Most people aren't going to say, gee, I have a need. Maybe I'll go to church. I'm sorry. I wish they did. They don't. And so we're told, go to the people. My strategy in life or my slogan in life, excuse me, go uh, take it to their turf. Take it to their turf. Don't expect them to come to ours, that we take it to their turf. And so what should we do? We need to pray. Jesus said, beseech the Lord of the harvest. Cry out, pray to the Lord of the harvest to raise up and to send out workers into this harvest. Not to let them just come to us, but to send out workers, to send them forth, missionaries into our nation, missionaries into other nations, missionaries throughout the world. Send them forth out of just our church, but out to the world, to the people. And that's what he said, pray for this. And can I encourage today, there really aren't very many. There aren't very many who are going to the people. There aren't very many, and, and you know, in and just like in a farm, in a harvest, you know, like I, I plant some grass seed every now and then. I mow, I mow the lawn once a week. But I'm not like a farmer. You can't call me a worker in the harvest. You can't call me someone who's really dedicated to growing. You know, someone who grows tomatoes in their backyard is not like a laborer in the harvest. Jesus is talking about, I need some people who are like dedicated, like a farmer's dedicated to raising up the whole crop. And that's what he's given us life to. We all ought to be shall we, dare I say, growing our tomatoes in the backyard. We all ought to be looking for our, our opportunities to share our testimonies, share the gospel where we can. But Jesus is saying we need dedicated workers like that farmer, that harvester who's out there giving his life to, to harvesting his crop. We need people who are dedicated. And there aren't very many of them. The workers still to this day are few. And so what should we do? We should need to pray to God, raise up workers for your harvest. I would add, practically, we need to encourage them to support people like this. We need to get behind them. We need to, those who are fighting on the front line to win souls for Christ and help others and train others and, and who are out there doing it, we need to encourage them. We need to support them. We need to say there's a ministry for this because many churches don't even have an opportunity for this anymore. They don't, many churches don't have anyone on staff who's a full-time evangelist. Uh, and, and young people growing up, if they've not seen this model, they don't even realize the potential of it. We need to give vision to our young people. You could be a full-time evangelist, a worker in the harvest, either here in America, maybe in a city, on a campus, in a community, or maybe in another country. You can be a full-time harvester for the gospel of Christ. This is what we need. They were few on that day. They're still few. Could this be why we're not seeing more souls saved? I remember many years ago when I was a young man, there were full-time evangelists. There were a lot of them. I, I know very, very few anymore. We decry the idea that, so, that, that the, the amount of conversions are dropping dramatically. I don't know if you're aware of this, but the, the number of young people who are professing faith in Christ has dropped dramatically in the last decade or two. Could it be that we lack real evangelists who are just sharing the plain, simple gospel, getting out there, proclaiming the faith, defending the faith. I think this is a need. Pray for, pray, pray for us. This is one thing with myself. You know, years ago, as I was pastoring a church, and I was, night after night, I was praying because I'd been on the campus in such effect, day in, day in, and day out evangelism, and now I was pastoring a church, and, and it was a good work. It was a, a necessary work. 
but God was convicting me. And night after night, I pray, and I said, Lord, the workers in the harvest are few. I'm pastoring a church. I'm not working the harvest here. The work in the harvest are few. I have volunteered to be a worker, and I don't want to go back on it. There's not enough to start with. And I answered the call years before, and now I'm in a different thing. I don't want to go back on it. And this led to me getting back on the campus in 1994, where I've been ever since. And so um, I want to encourage you. Let's pray for workers. Let's do it right now. Amen? We want to see a harvest of souls. All of us should share the gospel. But we need some dedicated, we need many dedicated, full-time gospel workers. Father in heaven, we beseech you today. We beseech you to raise up workers for the harvest. Jesus, you told us the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. The workers are few. They were few in your day. It seems like there are few in our day. It's so much. It's it, it, Lord, we thank you for pastors and youth workers who, who work with those of us who are already saved. That's a challenging work. It's a hard work. We're grateful for them. We pray for them, encourage and strengthen them. But, Father, we feel there's a tremendous need for people to go to the lost, to go out and, and, and work in the harvest field, not just to expect them to come to us, but for us to go to them. Teach us how to do this, how to, how to effectively do this, how to fruitfully do this, how to go to the people, how to take God's word to their turf. Lord, we pray, raise up workers for our young people. Raise up workers in the high schools. Raise up workers in the, amongst the children. Raise up gospel workers for the campuses. Raise up gospel workers who will take the gospel into the workplace and reach people in the workplace, in the marketplace. Raise up gospel workers who will lead mothers and fathers, husbands and wives to Christ. Raise up workers who will go into the, Lord, into the, the uh, homes where people retired or, or assisted living and they're, they're in the twilight of life and yet they're not saved. Raise up workers who will take the gospel into these, these places. Lord God, we cry out to you. The harvest is plentiful. The people are like downcast, like sheep without a shepherd. Lord, in our day, they're, they're opting for secularism. They're opting for answers that leave you out of the picture, and they're empty and shallow and futile. And yet people have fear, fear of this COVID fear of what's coming upon them. Lord, the people are distressed about division, about injustice, about so many things. The people are distressed. Lord, they're not looking to the right place for the answers. We're turning against one another, and so many have turned against you or neglected you. Father, raise up prophets and evangelists who will declare your word in such a way that the people of the land will find the true answer in Jesus Christ. Give a mighty harvest, O Lord. Give a mighty harvest in our country. Give a mighty harvest throughout the land. Give a mighty harvest in other nations, Lord. Give a, give a mighty harvest where souls are lost. Raise up workers, we pray, and send them forth. Encourage them. Strengthen them. Let them not lose heart in doing good. We pray meet every financial need they have. We pray, Lord, give them an abundance so their ministries can expand and grow. Bless the workers in the harvest, we ask, in Jesus' name. And use us this day, Lord, 
in whatever way. Lord, maybe some of us will become full-time workers. Maybe us, some of us will just have this like our backyard garden, but I pray all of us, Lord, would be sowing and reaping in whatever sphere you give us that opportunity to serve. We bless you today. Fill us with your spirit. Fill us with the joy of the Lord. Lift up our countenance today. Give us hope as we look to the future. We thank you. We're your children, your people. Help us today remember that and walk in that victory all day long. We pray this in Jesus' name, and we bless you now. Amen, amen, and amen. Okay, folks, those are marching orders. We've been going again through the commands of Christ. This is, one of, this is a big one. Jesus said, pray the Lord of the harvest. Pray for God to send out workers into his harvest. I know some people, this, you know, this is Matthew 9, 38, and, and, and Luke 10, 2, it's the same. I know some people, they've got these little buzzers on their watch. I don't have that type watch. But their alarm goes off every morning at 10.02, and they just take a moment and remind, Lord, raise up workers. This is a specific thing he wants us to pray for. Let's pray for it. Let's have it on our heart. Let's encourage young people towards us. Hey, encourage some of you older people. Maybe some of you who are, who've, who've done your, you've raised up your, your, in your career, you've done well. Maybe even thinking about it as a time to transition to something else. You've got the finances to do so. Maybe God will make you a full-time worker. You never know. Be ready. Thanks for joining me. We'll see you tomorrow morning. If you're new, make sure you hit the subscribe, the the uh, notify, and the like. Leave your comments below. I always enjoy hearing from you and knowing who's joining me on this time. Tell your friends. Post this on social media. Tell your friends, your small group, your church, and let's grow this uh, this group as we get into the Word of God every single day. God bless you, and we'll see you tomorrow morning, 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Bye-bye.